Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Light the Fight. Light the Fight. It's our two-year reunion. <laughs> the reunion tour. The reunion tour. The tell-all. Yeah, it's the dementia reunion tour. <laughs> Light the dementia is, is where we're at right now because Heidi and I are both like, has it really been two years? Crazy. It's it's crazy. this week. I mean, I you guys last week was our podcast episode number ninety-nine. Dang. Now, obviously, we used to do the DMs, and so we used to number the DMs, and so we, we have thirty something of those, forty something. But actual episodes, I think this is going to be one hundred. One hundred. Are you serious? Yeah. Like we meant to do it? it? No. Yeah, of course we did. It's no. almost as if we meant to do it. Well, you guys, thanks I for. I haven't meant to do anything so far. That's that's true. <laughs> Accidentally, yes. Meant to, not so much. Well, thanks for visiting with us and being here on our. 100th official actual hour-ish type episodes, not including our little direct message episodes we had early on. So I think total we have somewhere around 140, but as far as the light fight episodes, 100. Woohoo! Isn't that crazy? So cool. That is so crazy. Two years ago this week, I remember 100% hyperventilating when we were getting ready to push, this is true. push play. This um, is true. And I know we've talked about this before, but just in um, in honor of Little Memory Lane, we were actually having um, a Don't Freak Out event. It was our second Don't Freak Out event at... And we could back then, we could only have Don't Freak Out events once a year because if we had them sooner than that, Heidi would freak out. I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> it took her a year to forget how bad oh, and anxious man. it was. And then, yeah. then we'd be like, hey, before she forgets how hard it was for her, let's have her do another one. Yeah, it was so awesome. Um, we had the... Fire station. The right? event at the fire station. And um, it was just it was just really, really cool. We, um, we had a full house. Um, it was definitely one of those like facing facing your demons um, moment for me, and we decided to just double down on my shame that night and launch the podcast <laughs> at the same time. And I just remember, I just remember how sick I felt. I I felt yeah. awful. <laughs> Um, but we did it, and I remember I like posted a story on my Instagram. Yeah. I left a swipe up, um, and that is where it all began. That's where it all began, and here we are, two years later, hundred episodes in. Um, we we came to reflect upon this journey with you guys, and really just talk about some of the things we've learned throughout the past couple of years, some of the trends we've seen, um, some of the changes that have happened in a very short amount of time. I think when we jumped on, obviously when we started this podcast two years ago, podcasting wasn't new by any stretch right. of the imagination. We didn't start it. <laughs> we did, we were the second podcast ever to launch. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, so podcasting wasn't new two years ago, but I think it's safe to say from two years ago from when we started till today, um, 
there's been Explosion. a lot of yeah there's Explosion. been a lot of podcasts out there and um i think i heard last month 765,000 podcasts really uh, at least on itunes right like that's there might be more out there on youtube and stuff like that but yeah 765,000 podcasts as of last year so um i mean not last year last month so as you guys can tell in the past couple of years i would guesstimate Maybe half of those are new in the past couple of years. Maybe thirty percent at least. Oh, for sure. I mean, the last two years, I think there's been a huge spike in podcasts. So, um, that's my relationship, well, emotional math. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just fascinating. I think that there, you know, when blogging hit, and it was yeah. like, okay, everybody became a voice, and then podcasting. It's like everybody's now. You know, like you can say way more <laughs> in an hour long podcast yeah. than you could yeah. in what took you five hours to write a, a blog post or prep a blog post. Well, I think it's cool. I, I think it's exciting how um, I know there's a natural competitive <laughs> nature in, in any marketplace or any industry. Not like Utah, though. Not like Utah. <laughs> Utah is a different type of competition. Um, but what I mean by that is uh, I know a lot of people, um, when I say a lot, I've heard rumors, a lot of people going, oh, everybody has a podcast now. Everybody has a podcast now. That's ah, no big deal. But, you know, and for some people, maybe they just want to do it for fun. For some people, maybe they're professionals or they have some sort of niche or talent, whatever. Um, I think on on the bigger you know spectrum of things, I think this many podcasts and this many people just doing podcasts, I think it's really cool. In fact, what I'm, what I'm thinking is happening is some people are figuring out they have a knack for it. Some people are figuring out something fun that they could do. And even if it's just a hundred of their closest friends that listen to it, even if it's like a grandma and a granddaughter doing their podcast, a podcast together, we just want to talk about funny family stories. I just think it's such a great way to document our life in general. And if you're a person out there and want to start a, and you want to start a podcast, you just start a podcast, keep going. I think it's great. Have fun. Ex experiment, explore. Heidi and I can honestly say that when we started it, I don't think we were willing to say that we had big hopes and dreams for it. I think we really did have big hopes and dreams for it. But I think you and I were both too beaten down to really expect anything to happen. Like, hey, well, if something happens, great. If not, oh, well, we'll just go back to our day job. Like, we weren't trying to, like, make a career out of this. And in the past two years, I know, at least for myself, I've learned so much, so much information. I've remembered a lot of things I forgot. I've had reason to remember it. We've had conversations and, and communication with people we would have never met before. I mean, think of how many experiences we've had in the past two years and we've just been doing this kind of like a little side fun thing, you know? Well, I mean, side yes, fun. <laughs> fun for me. I, I don't have to cry no, every time. <laughs> here, here's the thing that one of the things that I didn't expect and I've talked about a little bit before is just that you know, for a long time, I've I've had my little recognizable little niche mm -hmm. for for me um, in the craft space, and it's been interesting that now when I'm out and about at let's just say Disneyland yesterday, <laughs> um, I get so much more interaction with people who listen to the podcast than I do with crafters anymore and some of them are crafters who aren't crafting as much now they're more parenting or yeah. you know whatever but um it's phenomenal when you realize that even if you have something in common like crafting you realize that you also have 
parenting problems and, you know, or relationship struggles in common. And There's a reason why all the moms are trying to put the happy pictures in one book together <laughs> so that they don't go outside that room and yell at their kids and freak out, right? Right. Remember right. the good times. So it was it was really fun um, to run into several fans of the podcast That's awesome. yesterday at Disneyland and um, just... I don't know when I feel those when I get those hugs from those moms, um, it makes it real, you know, very real. Because when we just sit in here and hang out, and but it's yeah, Brandon, you're not good as no, Brandon is good enough for me. It's David that's not good. Yes, (laughs) this podcast would be a lot cooler if I was a mom and a therapist. Yes. Oh man, no. I apologize. (laughs) No, I there's only there's not only enough room for one mom in here. That's true. That's true. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, anyway, so I I do think that that's a really interesting, you know, and as far as podcasting goes, like I kind of have like my religious podcasts and my entertainment podcasts and my motivation inspiration podcasts and then the podcasts that I'm really curious about stuff. So I listen to so many different podcasts and my kids are just like, mom, have you heard this song? And I'm like, no, I haven't heard any of those songs because I'm just always listening to the podcast. They just like to make fun of me. I never thought, um, even two years ago when when we first started doing this, I think I started seeing it, but I never thought that something out there could compete with music for me. Right. It, it's Especially been, it, you because you're such a music guy. Yeah, well, what you just described, you said, right, I got this kind of podcast for this what I heard you saying, like when I'm feeling in a creative mood, I'll go listen to this podcast because it's all about creating stuff. When I feel in like, man, I have a deep thought and I want to go down this other podcast. You know, when I want to laugh, I'll listen to this podcast. And I'm the same way. But when you were saying that, I thought about how how resembling that is to music. Mm. Music is what feelings sound like. So oftentimes if we're sad and heartbroken, which is I've always thought this would be very peculiar about human beings. We're going through a breakup, and we listen to sad music on purpose. I know. I'm always saying to my kids, can you listen to a happy song today? <laughs> well, it, well, the reason why is because we want something to relate to us. So if we hear a sad song and we're feeling sad, we're, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to express in that letter that I couldn't write because I was crying and the tears were melting, all the ink on my p- paper, this personal experience. Everybody nowadays would have just digitally texted it. With the phones being, you know, water resistant, you don't have to worry about your phone electrocuting. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I I just, I I don't know. I just think it's really cool how music is such a powerful part of people's life. And obviously still listen to a lot of music, but I hear so many people say what you just said. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music now in the car. I listen to podcasts when I'm doing chores now. And I figured out why I do. and, And maybe some of you guys can relate to this. Podcasting is taking up more of my time and space. Um, audiobooks a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then. Um, but what I'm figuring out the reason why I have little to no interest in music and um, other things the way I used to, and now I just want to listen to podcasts, is because podcasts are something relevant to where I'm at in my particular life. And I'm looking for some sort of I'm looking for something to spark my curiosity and I want to learn and hear things I've never learned before and hear things in a way I've never heard them before. I get that so much more from podcasts that I'm I'm really suspecting that part of the reason why you guys listen to us is because if we just told you what our our topic was that day and just gave you a printout, okay, here's our topic, here's our lesson. I mean, you'd listen to it, but you you just kind of see what it is. 
I think our podcast and other podcasts, I like it. One of the best compliments our listeners give us is when they say, um, yeah, and I was listening to your podcast the other day. And and at first I really didn't think, you know, this topic was going to be suited for my situation. And then next thing you know, I'm like, wow, this is the same issue I have with my husband. Not just my kid. Like maybe this crap will work on my husband too. I love when we find little nuggets and little gold pieces that we didn't expect to see. Have you noticed that too? Well, and and I will take it. I think yes. that's the coolest yes. thing. In a song, you know what you're gonna hear in that song if you've heard it once. Well, and especially because we kind of like uncover we unlock gems that we didn't even know were there, usually when we get talking. And this comes from not planning. Yes. To all the planners out there. Um, sometimes when you don't have like a, uh, in fact, we'll talk about a topic and then Dave will say, okay, stop talking because, you know, let's just see what kind of bubble. Or last up. week she said, Hey, remember what I said we're going to talk about? Can we talk about this? Well, let's not talk about that. Anymore. I'm like, that was in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> but you, you know what I think that I love about podcasting is that I, f- like, I feel like I get to know those people. Yes. You definitely. know, far more even than just an Instagram post or a blog post or a magazine article, you're actually like, you like get sucked in. You feel like these are people that you know. And there's something about liking someone automatically makes what they say far more interesting. Mm, For sure. If I like the person I'm listening to, I will allow them to make little mistakes or disagree with me on certain things. As long as what they're saying is educational, informational and helping me, and I just like that. Like there's well, something but, about like being interested in someone's personality or something quirky about them that just fits and you just you just want to hear what they're going to say next. Well, and how about finding someone else that also likes that podcast or also listens yeah. to that podcast and being able to like sit down and be like, well, what did you think about that? And yeah. kind of have those discussions about, I mean, I know that at my work, everybody loves the, um, like the murder mystery stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's not my jam. It's not my jam, either, but I get all. it. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody loves to sit there and like kind of talk about it, and they really bond yeah. over that content. Same way that you would like, I guess, The Bachelor or whatever. Also, yeah. not my jam. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- those are easier things that you can just say without any regard of what people are going to think, because there's so many people watching it. But when our listeners have come to our events and they've been, you know, talking about, oh, I like this episode. It's cool for us to sit there and listen and go. Wow, not only are we getting a chance to hear our listeners share how much they liked it, they're getting to share thoughts with other listeners. Yeah. That's just so much fun. Which is really good. In fact, I know a couple of people who have reached out and they kind of have like a little book group type situation where they get together and kind of talk about a podcast. I kind of always think, oh, I want to be kind of in there. I'd love to hear them talk about that. Do you hear Heidi? She wouldn't shut up about, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's also talk about some things in just from, I mean, we're in 2020, from 2018, 2020, what are some changes that we've seen, particularly around subjects that we talk about here on the podcast from depression, anxiety, family struggles, um, but also what are some of the growth changes as well? Because I've seen a lot of positive things, but I'm also seeing some things. It's almost like we have the highs, the lows, and the to be continued, the who the heck knows. So in the past couple of years, what have been some of the highs and the lows and to be continued slash who the heck knows? Well, there's a couple that pop up to me immediately. And and I'll say just what I think, just like blanket. I think that suicide is so much more, so much easier to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
it's so much more acceptable to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not near as shadowed of a conversation as it was two years ago. Yeah. True. Um, I, I think back to when Corey actually passed away, it was 2015. And the fact that we're rounding like a five-year place is astounding to me. But but five years ago, there was no conversation in my circles with my kids um, and even in the schools that that we were around. There's a lot of like Very light say no to drugs and – Watch out for these things. Very surface, yes. kind of like touching upon things. Yeah. And even myself saying the word suicide um, after that happened, it just felt so uncomfortable, so dark. And and part of that is the reps thing, you know. Um, but now, like, even in our elementary, there's hope squads in the elementary level and um the bridge one golden gate clubs and these clubs that elementary kids are being exposed to and and these feelings are being talked about that was not happening even two years ago the biggest thing that I've seen in regards to what you just said two years ago is the change in the way adults react and respond to uh, their kids or even their their kids' friends talking about mental and emotional health issues, whether it be depression, anxiety, self-harm, um, suicide specifically. In the past couple of years, so before we started the podcast, I still had a lot of the typical parents saying like, Come on, like, I mean, is it really this bad? Like, all these kids nowadays are saying they're suicidal, this, that. These kids it, have it so easy. What, do, it, exactly. what can they possibly have to be so upset about? Two, that years, ago, two years ago, I was still seeing a lot of parents um, reminiscing of the good old days where you just got beat up and you kept it yourself and you didn't tell on your parents when they were horrible and, and you kept everything deep down inside as a dark secret and just kept it to the day you died or until you struggled with addictions and all this other stuff. You had to go to counseling, right? right? right. And obviously I'm being, you know, dramatic on purpose. But what, I, what I've seen the past couple of years has been the shift from parents going, yeah, I remember when I was younger, this and that. And they want to just, almost like they want to take a hard stand because when I was raised, it was so much harder that I cannot acknowledge that these kids are going through anything difficult at all. Now, both of those generations were hard, just difficult, diff, different difficulties. Um, the old school difficulties were, are going to be different than the ones today. So I'm, I'm hearing less parents, and this is not just in my private practice, because I've been exposed to far more people now in the past couple of years since the podcast, where before I would just have these conversations with former clients, current clients, people who knew I was a professional. But now I'm having this, these conversations with random strangers. Well, I'm not a stranger to them, but they're a stranger to me. And I'm finding people are really starting to go, you know what? Maybe we better put less time and attention on trying to figure out why our kids are struggling. I mean, like, well, why are they struggling? They have such a great life. I meant that type right. of why, right? right. Which, that, that was me. That's a very common why right now. And switch that to, okay, what do we need to do mm-hmm. 
because a lot of the resistance from parents was coming from, because I live such a different life, I need to make sense and validate that their pain and struggle is real before I'm going to show up and give them any sort of support, affection. And for a lot of parents, it wasn't making any sense to them. So they weren't giving the support and the affection, the care and consideration that their kids needed. So in the past couple of years, I'm definitely seeing a lot of parents saying, I don't understand this. I don't know exactly what to do, but I do know that if I do nothing or if I dismiss it and I just kind of brush along, it's not going to go away. In fact, if anything, I could be one of those parents that said, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, And nobody wants to be in that category. So I've seen that happen a lot in the past couple of years. Um, ignorance, and I may have mentioned this in, in the last podcast or maybe it was on my other Still Tripping podcast, but ignorance really breeds a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. And and when I say ignorant, the the definition of ignorance is not knowing. So when parents don't know what's going on, they become really scared. When people are really scared, they're not usually open for lots of change and they're more resilient than they are ready to take risks. Okay? And so in the past couple of years, when I see people being more open, when they're willing to listen to outside opinions like our podcast and, and other platforms... And then they come to the table saying, okay, I realized I didn't know as much as I thought I knew about my family and my kids. And instead of trying to make sense of why I didn't know any of this, I need to quickly do something about it. I need to quit freaking out. I need to start using statements versus questions. And it's been so exciting for me to see people coming to me instead of in the very beginning when we first started the podcast, I got a lot of questions. Now in the podcast, I get a lot of, I tried that statement thing. I did this. Now people are coming back telling me, that what you guys are talking about is actually legit and it works. I'm like, hallelujah, praise Allah, Jesus, everybody. <laughs> because I knew in two years ago, the thing I learned for myself professionally is that I knew I could do this one-on-one, family to family, every single week for months and years at times. I knew I could help people like that. I didn't know if I talked on a microphone to a bunch of strangers or just sat across and looked Heidi. I didn't know if that was really going to... Sometimes those things don't work. You know, like sometimes things in, in TV don't work in radio. Sometimes things in radio don't work in TV. You well, know? I didn't think that it would work because I literally thought that I needed to like sit down, be interviewed for three hours and tell <laughs> you every single thing that had ever happened in order for anything to help me. Yeah. And I think that a lot of our listeners are the same way. You, you know, you think, oh, but my situation is so much worse or yeah. my situation is so unique that nothing else is going to be able to help me, which the reality is. And and that was a harsh reality that I had, I think, going in was that I really did think that like all the idiosyncrasies of my story was were so important to the solution that I had to learn that solutions are solutions. Yeah. And and that was very, very helpful. I think that that's what listeners are learning too. Absolutely. Yeah, so in society the past couple of years, um, I want you to jump in on this one, Heidi. Um, I, besides the conversation, people being more open to talk about suicide, I think we're, I think we're, I don't think we're as in shock and awe as we were in recent years with suicide. Now we're switching over to how could this be happening to, okay, here's what has worked and here's what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Here's what we realized we got to stop doing and here's what we got to transition to. Two years ago, there was still a lot of what I call suicide rah-rah. Um, what I mean by suicide rah-rah is, and this goes with anything, it, I'm just choosing this one topic as suicide. When something's uh, a big, um, something's a hot topic, right? When it's something that's 
everybody is going, oh my gosh, this is important. We need to do something about this. Is as good as that is to get that information out there that this is a serious issue, which, you know, obviously everybody's been trying to push that out there in, the, in recent years because we want people to know that it's an issue. We're not trying to keep it a secret. But what tends to happen when I see suicide rah-rah is it's difficult for anyone when you see something like this, especially for people like you who've lost a loved one suicide, people like me, we get really sensitive to these things. But other people say, okay, this is a platform that I could speak from and I could take advantage of to get, whether it be speaking engagements, book deals, I mean, you name it, right? Just using that thing to promote their career, to take one. I, I've seen a lot of people in the past couple of years that were talking about one social media platform and then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden they're following all the suicide stuff. I'm not going to sit there and say that they can't follow suicide stuff, that it's disingenuous. What I am saying though, is that I saw that happening a lot a few years ago where a lot of people were making careers off of being, standing on top of a mountain, waving a flag saying, we need to do something about this. And I've seen a lot of the those types of people slowly kind of go to the wayside. And what I'm starting to see now is more organizations and more structured um, attempts to try, to try to really tackle the big picture of this. Instead of just trying to get attention and, and likes off of posting about it, I think there's a lot of people that still post and, and do great things for the movement, but I think there's less of people who, that came in it to try to get like some sort of shine or some sort of attention. I think those people are kind of going. And I think we're finding ourselves with real true practitioners who work with it all day, every day. People like myself, social workers, counselors, crisis counselors and hospitals and stuff. We're getting parents that have either experienced this or their kids experienced it. Now they're pulling their resources together to create better nonprofits, to um, raising money for schools, to get better. Um, instead of just having someone do a rah-rah speech at a school about suicide for a day and never see again, I see schools saying, we need something that's every single day, every single week, something like the Hope Squad, things that are just a constant staple of community. Yeah. And that's why I've loved seeing the past couple of years that there's less shine and glitter of, hey, let's just make this this huge problem go away to, okay, let's, let's buck up our bootstraps for a little bit. We're going to be here a little while. Let's not try to see what's the catchy thing to help people. Let's try to create some real systems to help people. I, I would agree. I think that something that's actually helping that even more and giving um, so so I'll come at it from a social media standpoint. And you know, you guys know that I'm that social media has been this huge part of my business and and my life. Like e even um, through my personal tragedy, I have genuinely like used social media to to have people support me and to, and to, um, to tell that story and just, um, I, I guess I'm going to say, get my reps in, mm -hmm. in sharing mm -hmm. about it. One thing that I have really noticed is, um, <laughs> I would say that a few years ago, the thing that did really well on Instagram or the thing that, that everybody looked at were just like beautiful photos. Like, oh, just show me these these beautiful pristine styled photos and that's what everybody liked and slowly i felt like talk about the glitz and glam was kind of gone from these beautiful photos and people wanted people to be real and i feel like on social media um people who are being authentic and and 
I don't even like to really use that word authentic because I think it kind of got ruined a little bit, but telling their real stories about what's going on in their families and their lives without saying, you know, without apologizing for it, without trying to cover it up or just owning it. Like, um, well, and, and that's a fine line too. Because you don't want to do the word vomit thing. Yeah, is that it, what you're saying about the fine line? Well, I was saying like that, that was a fine line because the, the only part is that people can say they're telling their authentic, truth, living in their real story, and you would actually have to feel it when they posted it or said it, right. that it was authentic and true. Right. And so I, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt well, you, but like you're seeing this change where people are getting better at being more sincere. That's what I think. At is, first it was like, yeah. how do you look as if you're sincere? And now we're kind of filtering through that. I think we're starting to see which people are really having a story to tell. Everyone has a story. Some people, their story really grabs you though. It feels like you can trust it. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, it's interesting because it feels like even right now, for me, from where I sit, this real movement on like women's body, on women's bodies, like body image stuff. And um, maybe even people talking about how, how hard it is with one of their children who have some type of a mental health struggle mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of sharing circumstances that have led to really hard things in their family and they're still them they're still running the company they're running or or doing the thing that they love maybe it's you know maybe they're a cookie person or a zumba person or you know whatever but they're sharing this real part of their life that is super hard that allows you to look at that and say oh so even if you're this clearly successful xyz you also have a problem with a child you also struggle with your body image you also have a communication problems with your spouse you know whatever um i think that it's become actually much more attractive to to be able to share and connect through real hard stuff and recognizing that everybody has it well it's hard to know who to believe but we all want to believe in people you know, we all want to follow someone. We all want to admire someone. We all want to be inspired by someone. And so I think I think in the past couple of years, I've, I've become more of a fan of certain people to be successful. Mm-hmm. And for certain people, like there's some people that I follow, I'm like, man, like this person's got something here and I just want them to keep going. And I wouldn't be surprised five, 10 years from now that in their industry, whatever they're doing, they their experience just kind of drifted them towards the top. The cream just rises to the top. And so I, I I like it in in the two years that we've done this podcast to see some podcasts come up, some individuals come up and start to see that they're being taken serious for something that they've just always just done. They just love to do. And that authenticity and, and that that honesty online, we're all craving that. Hence, in comes the podcast, in comes mm-hmm. certain people that we follow. When we trust a podcast, when we trust them, we follow we're more likely to pay attention to what they have to say on bigger issues. Like we just kind of want to know what they're, where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. The one thing that that we haven't talked about yet today too, that that I wanted um, to, to share is how it's affected us personally as human beings. I know for me personally, um, the, the past couple of years, I've tried to pretty much just keep my same life. You know, I still go to work and, you know, just, counsel people, still do my support groups, this podcast, another podcast, just kind of run around, do my stuff. But for me personally, um, 
it's given me my first sense of like a real legacy to leave, leave behind. Um, I was having, you know, the past month or so, I've been having a lot of thoughts about death and dying because my mom's birthday coming up. And and I was reflecting upon it. I think I mentioned it to Brandon, our, our um, producer. I said, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, um, one, all my information I've ever written down or talked about would become a lot more valuable because, you know, it's not worth anything until <laughs> you die. I'm like, that guy actually knew what he was talking about. I said, yeah, I told you. I wasn't a crackpot completely, right? Um, but no, I, I thought about it and I was like, if I died tomorrow, my kids would have so much content to listen to me and get to know me. It was, it would be as if I was always alive. That's pretty cool. And I'd never thought about that. And I thought about this. I go, I would have loved to hear my mom when she was in her forties and fifties talking about us as kids. Oh, you know, today, you know, she had a broken English, you know, accent from Hawaii. She, you know, she went, Oh, I made some spam and fried rice. We did this. So I had to slap him upside down because he acted stupid, but David's a good kid. Anyway, so like that's how my, you know, that's how my mom would have like talked. I would have just loved to hear them have conversations. I'm the opposite. I'd be like, I don't want my kids to hear. I don't want my kids to listen to me talk. But do you get where I'm coming from on a personal, <laughs> no, totally. on a personal level? I totally do. I it love makes that. me yeah. so happy that there's something that I did that will always be around for them to listen to long after I'm gone. It just it put a huge smile on my face. So personally, thank you guys for listening and and to helping us not just light the fight, but give my kids something to laugh about when I'm gone and something to learn from when I'm gone. There's no way my kids, if they were to listen to these podcasts, they could spend their whole entire life with me till they're 30 years old, start listening to podcasts and they'll learn things about me. Like, oh yeah. my God, it's a totally different side of me. They don't know this side of me. I'm not this guy at home. I'm just, right. you know, what about you personally? Oh, well, I can't. I mean, there's not enough time for me to tell you the ways <laughs> that this has affected me personally. And I think that... um There's there's nothing that I, um, I mean, first of all, every mom that I've ever met that has lost a kid, in whatever way, you f you are so filled with this need to like punch it in the face. Um, you want to somehow right the wrong you want to somehow prevent anybody from ever having to experience that yourself um you want you want to fix it you want to repent i, I don't know like so many feelings that yeah. that i had um but what i didn't expect you know i, I really went into this thinking i don't want moms to feel the same fear or lack the knowledge. Number one, I didn't want anybody to not know what I felt like I've, what I, what I've learned. Um, I didn't expect it to help me heal. And without a doubt, when we use our pain to help others heal, It heals us. There's there's no other way around it. Sounds like it's a, it's they work together. It it does. Yeah. Um. In fact, I was just listening to like a talk. It was a church talk of um somebody talking about a woman who had 
who was the leader in the church, and she lost a, a grandson. And she had an assignment to go and, like, minister in, in the hospital, and she just lost her grandson, and she was supposed to go to this children's hospital, and she just thought, how could I even go? And then she admitted that she found that once she got there, it was actually healing her. And there's all these little ways, and I've shared them, I think, along the way. I, I try to write them down in my journal when I, when I notice them, yeah. ways that I've healed. And sometimes I, f- I think healing, like when we think about an injury, we think that healing is um, co- the covering up of that injury, like yeah. gone, healed, no more scar, no, you know, it's it's beautiful, pristine. Um, I think that my definition of this healing is a, a bridge over, um, because the whole. And the loss and the pain doesn't go away. And you genuinely would not want it to. Um, but the fact that I can walk over it, like, like that, I can, that I can function with it, and that I know much, so much more because of it, and that I, um, I feel... S- I feel so thankful that I've had this ability to share with people and um, share you with people that I just, I'm so thankful for it. And, um, you know, I always tell people, well, if you go back and you listen to the very first episode, it's very painful (laughs) on so many levels. It's really hard to listen to, um, both because we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> in the sound first department. five episodes people listen to us just because they felt bad for us <laughs> um, like if we feel bad for these people we yeah we we do um but it's so important to listen to where you and i were yeah in the beginning because it's such an evolution to where we are now and i i mean they're not even words to describe it it's blessed my life so much. Well, in that sense, I, I've been a big champion for people to do pod. Every time someone young, old says, "Oh, um, I want to do a podcast," I'm like, "Do it." And they're like, "Same with me." Well, th- every single time they go, "Well, you know, I just trying to wonder, like, what my, you know, if I if I should do this." I said, "I don't care what you do it, but I look at podcasting kind of like a video journal, as well." You love those video journals. And, oh, I did one <laughs> recently, and they they still make me cry and they still work. Um, but if you haven't listened about our video journals, it's basically where you just take your cell phone, put on airplane mode, press record and talk out loud. Instead of writing in a video, I mean, instead of writing in a journal, you just use your cell phone and it, and you video record yourself saying it out loud a lot faster than taking an hour to write in your journal. And you can do it all the time, right? But these podcasts, I tell people that say they want to do a podcast, I say, do it, do it. But my biggest thing to convince people to do it I said, even if you never put it out there with hopes to make money and a big thing like that ago, it is documenting all these different times of your life. Like it's a time capsule. 
It's much like a, a journal where you get to be talking about your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, your likes, entertainment. Even if you did a podcast about entertainment, you'd be sharing your opinions about something in um, March of 2020. Listen this in March of 2030, go, oh my gosh, remember that one thing that happened? Remember we did this? It, I mean, it goes right along the, the course of scrapbooking. I mean, that's what a podcast really is. Do yourselves a favor and have it, like I said for myself, is it some sort of just something to share with your posterity, with your posterity, you know, with your kids, um, family and friends in the future? Now, if you have specific things you want to do with your podcast, and that'd be great too, but don't think of it as you need to do this to be relevant and to be important. Think about you need to do this because no one knows you better than you. Yeah. So just start talking. And if no one knows you better than you, you're going to learn a whole lot of stuff about you, but also the people listening to it, your kids, family, and friends they're going to get to know a lot more things about you than they even realized. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, I will add this and kind of as we're probably wrapping up here, but. Oh, yeah. And you can call your podcast Fails and Fortunes if you want to talk about your parenting fails. <laughs> there you go. We would listen. Yeah, we would listen. To that. I'd listen to that. Uh, I actually, I just had somebody like text me their don't stab the balls moment yeah and it was a hockey stick breaking and man i i was like not alone <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah go listen to don't stab the balls if you need some inspiration um, if you need to feel less crazy as a mom <laughs> <laughs> you know over this last week so we've been telling our listeners you know yeah. go ahead and send in some questions um we're we're kind of compiling them and and we'll either tack them on at the end of our episodes or, you know, do a question answer episode. Um, your questions are always very insightful for us to just kind of know where you're at, what questions you have. But um, this week there were three questions that came in to me on, on my social media and they were kind of in um, response to the mom loneliness podcast that we talked about and um, some of the other conversations that had, had been going on. And there were three different, really different circumstances. But the answer was the same from me. And the answer was don't freak out. And I just, it, it goes back to me saying that like, sometimes we think that the circumstances are unique and that every single detail is uh, an excuse to uh, to be to to go on this dramatics or to be so upset or to come unraveled um and i think that this is where our podcast started in the very beginning was about being a first responder yeah it's it was then and it is now the number one most important truth that you taught me that was very, very hard for me to hear and certainly harder for me to implement. Personal truth, mothering truth. I said, never go shopping with your kids while you're hungry. That's the first truth. That. <laughs> still, still, <laughs> yeah, still true. Okay. Still applies. Right. Yeah. Um, but relationship truth, yes. Continue. There you go. <laughs> that notion... Um, that if we can't stay calm, n first of all, nothing good will ever happen 
nothing good will ever come out of a freak out. I don't care. In fact, that's the challenge. Tell me. Tell me what good thing has come out of an absolute freak out. That's like what good has come out of a 4 a.m. conversation with your family, right? Not a lot of good's coming out that time. No. Number two, um, it does not make you look good ever. There will never be a time when anybody will be like, oh, man, I just loved it when you were just throwing stuff. There's Moses with the Ten Commandments, (laughs) and then you're second as far as great speeches. And yelling and freaking out, right? Like, you, no, you, no one's gonna be like recording you, thinking, "How did she just nail that angry face so well?" Yeah, you know, how'd, no. Losing your emotions like that, no, no one's gonna watch a person being emotionally unstable and say, "Wow, I need to be more that like that." Looks so good. Yeah. And number three, you will not gain anybody's um, appreciation or respect or trust in that process. And um, and so this is something that I think is very interesting and unique about our podcast, about what we share, is that fundamentally the very first thing that we that, that we um, talked about in the very first episode to the thing that, you know, we're heading to Portland and to Riverside um, in the next couple of weeks to teach is that learning how to be calm in the face of any challenge, in the face of any topic, difficult conversation, um, hard challenge or trial, your ability to be calm, to make statements, and to model um, to to model that remaining calm is your biggest predictor of success in your relationships. Would I mean would you say that? Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean that's you know, all joking aside, like when I said um never you never want to go grocery shopping when you're hungry. You never want to make big decisions when you're hungry either. Because there's certain things we know about us uh, with our bodies and our minds if we're taxed and we're just, we're in the red, you know, we're driving on a low, low gas tank. We've got to be really careful how we use our vehicle. And it's no different with our emotions and, and come in glued. Nothing good happens when our emotions are in the driver's seat. Intense emotions controlling decisions we make. Our, our tools that, that we talk about on Light the Fight, they work really well if you're not yelling them at your kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't yell statements. I don't care it's how like, good your statements are. Don't yell them. <laughs> My statement is, you don't love me. That's a statement. How you like that one? You don't respect also, me. Also, no swear words in the same. Yeah, no swear words, you know. But all joking aside, yes, you know, the, when you are emotionally keyed up, you do not look like a confident leader. People don't want someone that's freaking out and insecure and emotional like they are to be to be driving the vehicle either. So if you want to give confidence in your kids and your partners and your spouses, then being able to keep calm will get you the respect up front before you start to act and speak. Because if you don't have that respect from the people who are around you before you talk, then you're going to be fighting for respect. You guys never take me seriously. I mean, at this time, I didn't yell loud enough. Okay, I'm going to yell louder because that's what the old school parenting style said. It said, if you want to be taken more serious, you need to yell more louder. And not only did that not make good you know, English, <laughs> like good grammatically, like I didn't say that correct and pronounce it correctly. 
it, it also makes sense is that nobody, nobody is going to find it easy to be respecting someone who's already agitated and angry at you before they even talk. We always are more likely to hear someone out if, if they're able to calm down the situation and bring it to a still point where then we can have a conversation. But yelling, getting louder to make your point, no one's learning from you. They're just trying to deal with you at the moment. Well, and let's think about like all of our episodes. We've got 100 episodes. we got things like statements versus questions, self-care, the and, the yet, the but. <laughs> More you um, freak out, the less you follow up. <laughs> yes. Um, the now or later. Do we actually have an episode on yeah. now or later? Questions before concerns. Yes. Yes. All of these episodes are literally about staying calm. Yeah. They're literally about finding other ways to process the situation, pre-plan your response so that you can be calm. Yeah, step number one, you decide before the the chaos, before these situations happen, if you know that every single day at this time is when it's tough for, for you, you have to decide ahead of time how you're going to be at that particular moment. And then you drill and you practice for it. Um, but if if your step one is to freak out, lose your emotions, then step two is guaranteed. You lost credibility. Now, if you stay calm and you try to bring down the emotions of other people, like just by modeling for them that you're calm, even though things are pretty chaotic, then you gain respect and you gain credibility. And even young kids know that when a bunch of people are freaking out, the person that's being calm and being able to keep the temperature down in the room, that's the person who's in control. In fact, I was just, my kids, they love all the wild uh, um, wilderness shows like Wild Kratts and all stuff like that. And I, I believe it was uh, in a wolf pack. They, they were talking about how the female wolf uh, is usually like the dominant leader. There's a female, right? The alpha female. And they're talking about she doesn't lead because she's the biggest, the strongest. She leads because she has the most trust from the pack. Mm. She is the one that has made better decisions more often than anyone else. So everybody goes, listen to what she says. The bigger, tougher wolves, they go, okay, you tell us where to hunt. Like We'll do the work, but you got to tell us what to do because she's the one that's keeping calm and keeping things in check at that moment. Not the one who's freaking out going, rawr, rawr. she's howling at the moon every single night. It's like, that woman ain't leading our pack. She don't know what that's going on right now. Like, she could be barely even handle her own cubs, <laughs> let alone the whole entire pack, right? right? Right. Well, and you know, the other thing, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that Dave's always talking about, you know, when that we can run our families like a like a family business meaning that we we got to be somebody that people want to follow that somebody wants to trust that somebody wants to believe in and you know here's something that's really interesting and and I don't know why it only just dawned on me but did you ever I don't know you probably didn't but there's this um this show on Netflix called Cheer have you heard of Cheer it? Cheer. Not it's cheers like the, no, no. everybody knows your name. <laughs> no, no, well, no. I've watched it's... plenty of that, those episodes. <laughs> okay, so it's about this cheerleading squad. And it was it's very intriguing to me because it's really close to the drill, mm -hmm. psycho the psychosis of drill. Yeah, the craziness which of Which I've been in. <laughs> anyway, so this particular cheer coach, like talk about a mama wolf that everybody loves. And, and it's fascinating just to watch this series just to 
watch how this woman leads these cheerleaders. But anyway, um, they're the whole show. It's like eight episodes leading up to their national championship, yeah. right? And she's talking about how they actually practice for things that will go wrong. So I had this light bulb moment where I actually, as a parent, as a human, go into everything with this expectation that everything's going to go right. So you have a PhD in this. No, what is wrong with me? Like, <laughs> why? how stupid do I have to be? Like, okay, everyone's going to come in at curfew. Everybody's going to get A's. Everybody's going to wake up on time on Sunday and know where their shoes are. Everyone's going to love math. Y yes. And then <laughs> when it doesn't happen, I'm like, what is wrong with you people? How come you don't know where your shoes are? How come we don't? How come we go through this every time? How come you're late? You know, whatever. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So you should, like, think to yourself, what am I going to say if we can't find our shoes? Or what am I going to say? What is my response going to be? If I have a kid come home late, what is, what is my, how am I going to respond to that? Rather than like being shocked when something goes wrong. And I, I just kind of thought it was so interesting because I don't want to do the spoiler thing if you're going to go watch cheer, but something really serious goes wrong and boom, handled. She doesn't freak out. The coach doesn't freak out. And it's everything like you can't you know she can't freak out and they and the kids know exactly what to do because they've planned for things that might go wrong and i and i thought that's why she can be calm in this situation yes there's stress but if us as moms like of course we want our kids to get good grades of course we want them to date people we love of course we want everything to go smoothly Spoiler alert, right? It doesn't. Yeah, great companies don't have great success by only planning for success. Right, they have to plan for like, okay, yeah. what is our plan B if the shipment doesn't come in? What do we do if we have a guy, the only guy who knows all the passwords yeah. die? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, that, that really hit me that I have never mentally prepared for a less than stellar outcome. But fortunately for you, you were part in creating a podcast that does just that. Right. That's what we're doing here. You know, I mean, yeah, because everything that we're talking about is based upon lots of experiences, whether Heidi's had the experiences or whether I've had the experiences professionally with families. And what we're doing is we're giving you the information of what people did when things didn't go right. Because when we talk about statements versus question, our, our pinnacle corner foundation of everything, I didn't figure out that questions were a problem until every family that came to me were doing the exact same thing. Why didn't you take out the trash? Why didn't you do this? They're constantly berating with questions to their kids, to their partners, and to themselves. How come I'm such a horrible mom? How come I can't be like Susie down the street? How come I can't do this? Well, it'd only be great if I could just do these things. Maybe I wouldn't feel so horrible about myself. Maybe I wouldn't be depressed. Maybe it wouldn't be this. So it's not the questions that we're giving to our kids. It's just that we are tired of being the only person we're constantly questioning over and over again. And then when they get some of our overspill and it comes onto them, 
course, they're not going to like it either. We don't even like it when we're questioning ourselves, let alone when our kids are questioning themselves, you know? So when we're talking about all these things that you can do as parents, we're basically saying, here's what all these other parents have done wrong. Here's what you can do when things go wrong. You can apologize and say you need to work on that. You can, you know, instead of instead of keep on asking your kid, how was your day? How's your day? To no end, to not any conversation really coming from that. Well, then you got to do what the parents did that that didn't work for. Say, hey, I don't know how your day was, but if you want to talk to me about it, I'll be in the kitchen and walk away. So these are all ways to plan for connections and being with someone in a relationship versus just being their parent. Versus just being the person that pays for stuff and tells them what to do. I just love that the place that we started, no matter what has changed in in the world around us, no matter what has changed for us individually and personally, the evolutions happened. The main cornerstone of our podcast is the same. And I think without a shadow of doubt, I can speak for our listeners. You people out there listening to this, you guys didn't need to in a lot of cases didn't need to sit here at the table with Heidi and I, you didn't need to come in to see me for therapy. A lot of people have listened to our podcast. They needed the right nudge, the right tool, the right moment to just get them over that bridge, just to get them to a safer place. Because once you, once you're in stable ground, you can learn from all the experience that just happened. But if you feel like you're never getting a break because there's one chaotic thing after another, you don't have any tools to use, then yeah, it's going to be easy to get downhearted and beat yourself up. But you guys are better parents, not just for listening to our podcast, you're better parents because you wanted to be a better parent. You said, I'm tired of only thinking about the things I do wrong or things my kids do wrong. There's got to be a better way. Let's do something different. And you flipped the script. You turned it over and said, I'm going to do what works instead of what I was told I had to do to be a good parent. And that is one thing that we know for sure about those of you who are listening is that you have a desire to be better. Absolutely. And so. And you can't be that crappy of a person or parent if you have a desire to be better and you're listening to us to try to do that. <laughs> you can't be that bad. It's like, oh, the best yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I say we, uh, we say, say should, la vie wait, to two keep years. Going? Keep going. Do we still have more, more things we can talk about? Well, I say we, uh, answer some questions cause we, we, how long have we gone in this episode? Yeah, let, let, let's let's answer some questions on a separate episode because I might not be able to be here next week. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's. Um, thanks to one eight hundred contacts. Thanks to Teen Counseling yep. backslash LTF. Don't forget to get your ten percent discount. What's up? We're gonna send off this one hundredth episode and two years of um, laughing and crying and um, solving the world's problems. And thank you guys. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for spreading the world, the word. (laughs) The world. (laughs) To the world. Um, And thank you forever for helping us to light the fight.